Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly show of Parenting Corner. My name is I. I'm the CEO of Classroom Without Walls and the host of this weekly live streaming show. On this show, I interview parents, educators to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of being a parent. And today we have a very special guest join us live, my dear friend, Dr. Maria Alice Curran. And Maria Alice and I, we connected quite a few years ago. At the time, I was still confused, lost in life, didn't know what I want to do. I just know that I don't want to be a teacher, uh, a traditional college professor anymore. So Mara Alice really in, like appeared in my life as a role model, and she has paved the path on this you know, digital literacy, digital citizenship. So I'm really excited and honored to have her on the show to talk with us more about social media and technology and how we can actually use both of them for good. Because let's be honest, social media and technology have a very bad reputation in education and in our society in general. But we both agree that's only half of the picture. And uh, Morales has devoted much of her professional career to educating other students and teachers and parents and regarding how to use technology for good. So I'm really excited to have her on the show to learn more about her journey and some of the students and the case studies, the success stories that she has facilitated to happen and so that we can learn from her experience and to have similar impact in our students or in the children that we're working with. So really excited for those of you who don't know who is Mari Alice and she is a former professor, like that's how we connected. And she's also the founder of Digital Citizenship Institute, which is uh, the core of our discussion today. And there are also quite a few exciting projects coming up. So all of you will be the first to learn more about some of the projects that she and her team have been working on. So really excited. Without any further ado, we are actually live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and also live in our Facebook group. Super excited. So if you want to join us in our Facebook group, here's the link. So we are live in our Facebook group, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Twitch. And if you are live with us right now, let me know in the comment section uh, where you guys are joining us live from. So great to see you all. Hello. And, uh, I can say hello. A shout out to Kuwait. Eileen is joining us right now. And I'm exactly. so happy because Eileen's been part of this, you know, digital citizenship journey, um, which really is global. And so I'm really happy, happy to have you here with us today, Eileen. And yeah, I, so, so, so excited, so excited. So yeah, my friend, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I mean, when I think about when I first got to meet you face to face, it was when I was a keynote. I got to give a shout out to Brian Romero Smith in Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, I had already made that decision that I wanted to be a part of change, not a part of privilege. And I walked away from promotion and tenure um, in higher education. And at the same time, that's when I got to meet you. And so I'm really happy to join you today to talk about, oh, wonderful. We've got um, Texas, we've got California. We have that's live right now. Okay, so thank you so much. I'm so excited to see you. Yeah, so let's dive into our conversation, my friend, and feel free to ask questions regarding social media, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, how we can really apply what we already have for free to make a positive 
difference in our society. So share your journey with us, my dear friend. You kind of mentioned a little bit, but I really see you as such a pioneer on this path. And I remember you told me like how you got started on this journey was with the course, please to tweet you. So start there and tell us more about that course and how did your journey evolve from that you know, class to where you are today, this global digital citizenship institute and impacting millions of people on global level. Okay, well, I don't know if we've got any middle school teachers joining us, but I honestly have to credit the fact that my entire um, teaching career, it began in a, in a middle school. My doctoral work was on adolescent development um, in middle level education. And that really is the reason why I feel like I'm very comfortable um, in an uncomfortable situation. I embrace change. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I love that idea of learning side by side. And that really comes from my years in a classroom as a middle school teacher. But that being said, when I was in higher education, I was hired to build up their middle school program at the graduate level. And two years in, the state of Connecticut decided to eliminate that license. And I found myself professionally in a place where I had to reinvent myself. I had to pivot completely. And so I was already going in the direction of ed, um, ed tech, but specifically for young adolescents. And what I did a little bit differently was I, I mean, I'm self-taught. I had to expand my repertoire from beyond just middle school learners um, to, you know, pre-K all the way into higher education. So that PK to 20 model. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it started. And at the same time, I was a relatively new mother. And so mm -hmm. there were times that the babysitter canceled and I had to go and teach, whether it was an undergraduate class or graduate class, babysitter cancels and I have to bring my son who is a toddler at the time, to mm. class. And so what I was doing, learning along the way, I was actually, with hope planning to do this, modeling it for my son as well. And so my professional journey really parallels my personal journey as a mother. Mm. And at the time when I first got into this, there were a lot of teen suicides happening in oh. the news. They were like headline stories about young people taking their lives due to cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. And one in particular really hit me as a mother. So I do not know Tyler Clemente. I do not know his family, but his suicide really impacted me because the It Gets Better campaign came out in full force. And it was incredible. And they sent these messages, don't worry, it gets better. Like wonderful messages, but I can tell you, I was kind of upset because why do we have to wait for it to get better? What can I do as one person to start to make things better? And honestly, that is the beginning to creating courses, like please to tweet you, are you a socially responsible um, citizen, digital citizen? And then one course led into creating other courses and workshops and events and experiences and really being able to work with school communities around the world in a really proactive way. So that mm -hmm. I can tell you, please to tweet you, are you a socially responsible digital citizen? It was a first year summer seminar for incoming freshmen. It is the course that changed me completely because I had originally thought we'll come up with a student solution towards cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. And then I thought over the summer before the course started, how great would it be? 
How fantastic would it be to have an authentic experience if we invited another classroom to come and learn with us? And this is really that part of global collaboration. So I blogged about it. And to make a long story short, high school juniors in Birmingham, Alabama, joined my college freshmen in Connecticut. And instead of coming up with a student solution towards cyberbullying, honestly, my definition for digital citizenship is a direct result. My work is a direct result from that course. And the students collectively decided to be a 21st century learner. We need to be able to think and act. And that emphasis was really on the action piece, locally, globally, and digitally. And then they would say, we need to help people humanize the person sitting next to us. Because if you can't, if you can't do that, then you're not going to be able to apply it to people around the world that might look different, speak different languages, practice different customs and traditions. And if we can't do that, we'll never be able to humanize the person across the screen. And that really is what that, that by the fall of 2011, that really launched me into the work that I'm doing today. Wow, I, I, I love this, like, like this powerful message sending from the student, right? I think like what you just mentioned, think globally, act locally and digitally and how students are actually defining what it means to be a 21st century learner. So powerful, so, so, so powerful. I, I, I love how as early as 2011, you are already using this to 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 make an impact i remember you also shared with me your blog article was also discovered by either students or educators in cape may like south africa Is I, that I, right? I, actually, I mean i know how social media works i knew how it worked in 2011 but when i blogged and thought i wonder if a classroom would like to join us the first response was from Cape Town, South Africa. And I remember at the time being like, whoa, my blog post made it all the way there. And the beautiful part about global collaboration is that we can connect and collaborate very easily with anyone around the world. But time zones and people that know me and that might be joining us right now know that time zones are like my nemesis. When you're supposed to go forward, I go backwards. It wasn't able to, I, we weren't able to make it happen um, for that particular project, but that really opened my eyes to these possibilities and to really provide our students that idea, going back to being a middle school teacher, learning side by side. I mean, geography wasn't an issue with these high school juniors in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, we were able to think critically and act creatively. And I can tell you, you'll know this, I, with higher ed, the more you pay to go to school, the less you go. So our college, our semester ended in the in the beginning of December, and my freshmen didn't want it to end, and those high school juniors didn't want it to end. So our semester is over. I rallied. What could I do to have like some sort of big finale? And so that February of 2012, I actually hosted my first live live streamed event. So I had a live audience, and we were live streaming. And it's back then. I mean, the chances of us dropping a call were like 100%. It was very risky to do that in February of 2012. But we hosted, this to me is our first chapter to hosting digital citizenship summits around the world. We hosted an iCitizenship town hall meeting. And instead of having an expert, usually you have an expert come to an assembly and they talk at you. This was at like the beginning of going from events and going to talking at you 
to instead experiences where we learn with you. And so we had on the screen those high school juniors joining us virtually as the experts. And that really is, is the beginning of all of our digital citizenship summits, our interest in working with school communities. Like, I don't know if Lakeshore Central, Michael Dresick is joining us right now, but the work and the commitment Lakeshore Central for the past three years, where this isn't professional development for teachers or specifically for students or just for parents, a parent assembly, but it is for an entire school community to come together and to learn side by side. That mm -hmm. really, it really stems from that particular course. Wow, I love it. And just so many really uh, strong points resonated with me. I love how you said, kind of jokingly, the more you pay, the less you actually go to school. It is so, so, so true. I remember one question I asked myself all the time while I was still teaching in higher education was, why you guys or your parents paid me so much money, but you don't want to receive the service, right? Every time when class was canceled, everybody was excited. So in that context, it is so refreshing and encouraging to see the reactions from the students. Amazing. I also love how you mentioned learning side by side. I, I think this is the model moving forward, right? Not the stage on the stage, but actually learning side by side. I love how you are spotlighting all the students to really take the center, right? So powerful. And we got some really great comments from our live audience. Everyone just loves you has the gift of connecting others and making this world a better place. I can't agree more with you. Lots of hearts. And um, here's another comment. It's making the world a better place. Love your passion. And we can actually feel her passion right now. So- You know what um, the beautiful thing is, is that everyone has like, all of this has happened because people have said, just like the reason why when it gets better, like what can I do as one person to say, I wanna do more, I wanna make a change. That really has collectively happened around the world. I don't know if um, my colleague Eugenia Tazmez from Mexico is joining in, but I mean, individuals have said, yes, I want to be that part of change in my community. I wanna bring something really, really positive. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's all it takes. This isn't about the technology. Again, it connects back to that, like the humanness of us all, uh, you know, that's really what, what it is. And if I, if Huenia is on, I want to say, I hope I, oh, I have. So we told our story, our mother and son story, Digsit Kids, but we invited um, contributing authors around the world. How do you learn side by side? And Huenia, oops, I have it backwards translated it into Spanish. And when you see that it doesn't matter how young or old you are or what language you speak, um, we are all in this together. So that real intergenerational approach of a community saying side by side, how can we identify real problems in our community, solve them, and then use technology to, to amplify, but also to inspire and empower others to really take that proactive approach rather than a list of don't, 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 don't do this, don't do that, or the scare tactics. Oh um, my God, I think isn't oh. that why, sorry to interrupt you, isn't that why we're doing this, right? Because that's the only message you are hearing on social media. Don't do this, don't use social media, don't use TikTok, don't, don't, don't. But then on the other hand, students are on social media anyway, right? So we also need a list of 
positive examples to actually show our children, don't do that, but actually do this. But right now, the do this is so missing in our current educational curriculum. I still agree. And look at us right now. We have already a global audience, right? We have someone in from Ireland. This is so fascinating, so fascinating. So we kind of already discussed like digital citizenship a lot. So I want to have everyone with us live. Some of you may, this might be the first time they hear you speak. So can you define what do you mean when you say digital citizenship? What does it exactly mean? What are the essential aspects that this concept kind of entail? Okay, well, truthfully, I have to begin that I feel like the term itself, the umbrella term itself has been hijacked. <laughs> and so I generally try to avoid saying, I never lead with, when people ask, what do you do? Oh, I work with school communities around the world using digital citizenship. I never say that. So um, what, what I usually say is I work with school communities around the world uh, around how to use technology for good. And then people 100% understand what I'm talking about. And then I will lead into, in my area of expertise, that's what we call digital citizenship. Mm -hmm. It's about how to stay alert online how to solve problems, and ultimately, how to become a force for good online. But like I said, it's been hijacked a lot of time. It is in the e-safety space, and it's in the cyberbullying. My own journey began there. I mean, I have evolved from a reactive approach to a proactive approach. And um, I think many people in the digital citizenship space, hi, Jamie, um, started that way and have evolved. And so I'm a perfect example of that evolution. And it really happened because of that particular course where I was looking for a student solution towards cyberbullying, took a step back, let the students lead, and they came up with a definition of what it means to be a 21st century learner. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think I would have ever had that foresight if I wanted to lead that classroom discussion. So digital citizenship to me is really about thinking and acting, it's that actionable piece. It's something that we need to do every single day, whether that's at school, at home, at play, at work, and that intergenerational, no matter how young or old you are. I'm thinking about right now in COVID, even pre-COVID, but in COVID right now, let's think about any of our relatives, any of our neighbors that don't know how to download music or do online banking or make a FaceTime call with their loved ones. Here's a wonderful opportunity that's so easy that anybody can do right now to go and be a role model. There is a program out of um, Toronto. It's one of my favorites. It's Cyber Seniors. If you have not checked out cyberseniors.org, please watch, <laughs> watch their documentary. I've probably shown it over a thousand times, every time it gets to the cricket part, I still smile and laugh. Um, if you are looking for volunteer hours for your, any of your students, they have an incredible program in English, in French, and in Spanish. All of it is free. It is something that you could do. I can tell you, I think I saw Deanne Poland from Lakeshore is joining right now. What Lakeshore Central has done is incredible. They've invited their entire school community to learn together. And we, we've we partnered with Cyber Seniors, but we took that program and we brought it to Lakeshore Central. And it was like third and fourth graders, um, sh this is pre-COVID, showing seniors how to use 
um, Flipgrid. And I can tell you, these seniors were like, we want to know more than just playing games. Like mm. everybody needs a purpose. I don't care how young or old you are. Everyone needs a purpose when they wake up in the morning. And that's what those seniors were saying. So that's the intergenerational approach. And something that no matter where you live, you could take that idea of cyber seniors and Im implement it right now. Oh, I love this. And I'm also a fan of cyber senior. And thank you for introducing them to me. I, I really love this concept of intergenerational learning. And this is the model that we adopt at Classroom Without Wars as well. It is so fascinating to see how they communicate with each other and how they can really learn from people who are from different generations. In fact, I think a problem among our students is that they don't really have an opportunity to practice intergenerational communication. Like my students, I primarily work with students in higher education. They can't talk with people who are older than them, who are younger than them. They, they have only practiced talking to their peers, but that's not how they are going to function in a real society, right? You will be talking with people, especially right now, everything's remote from not only different generations, but duh, from different countries. So I think what you are doing is really planting the seed to prepare them to be job ready and future ready in a much more holistic manner. I would I love I would add dig sit ready too. I've yeah. definitely used that hashtag. Hi, Cynthia. Cynthia, and this comment is from Atisha joining us live. In, we oh, have quite a few people in our, in our Facebook group. So make sure you, uh, you join our Facebook group. We are going to do a number of interviews like this throughout the entire year to drop more value, to really empower you. So talking about which, uh, Mara Alice, you know, like, when, before I resign, I feel like digital literacy, digital citizenship is pretty much absent in many schools curriculum. And I think there are lots of fears, lots of challenges. Can you kind of share with us a few challenges when people, when educators or parents who are homeschooling their children first hear like digital citizenship are using social media, what are some of their initial responses? What are some challenges that you have encountered being on this journey for such a long time? And also like, how do you overcome those challenges? You know, I think that there is a lot of fear, whether that is a classroom teacher or a parent. And so I can tell you our DigiSit Kids story really has been, you know, as a mother and son, when Curran was in elementary school, we started a Twitter account together. We started, actually before the Twitter account, we started to blog together. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that idea of that side by side. When you think about, um, I know a lot of, they use the analogy, before you get the keys to the car, you have to take driver's ed. I actually want to go back further and say, before driver's ed, you're supposed to be 13 to use a lot of the social media platforms, but we know that students will lie about their age. Mm -hmm. and, um, instead, let's create an account that's a mother and son, a mother and child account where think about learning how to ride a bike and you have to figure out how to balance on that bike and someone's holding that seat, the bike seat, as you're figuring out balancing. It's the same thing. How do we balance, you know, on and off line really and so what we did very early on was to have a mother and son account where we could learn together so by the time he was 13 and he does have his own accounts i mean is he going to make mistakes yes of course being 13 is what that's all about but hopefully he's now 14 
hopefully, I'm hoping that those lessons early, early on, like we didn't wait till they were 13 to have this conversation. We started early and we did it often. Um, those, those lessons, life lessons early on about balancing well on our mother and son, that would influence decisions on, at least online, um, that he would, that he would make, he'll continue to make. That's what I'm hoping. And so if anything, you could have a classroom account, um, for teachers that might be afraid. What a wonderful way, just like you were the, well, right now this might not happen because of COVID, but you would have somebody that would be the line leader or they would feed the fish or whatever those roles might be in the classroom. How wonderful to have someone that would do an Instagram update or a Twitter update or whatever the classroom account, a wonderful way, a bridge to, uh, for communication so that parents could get an insight into the learning that is happening through the perspective of the student as they get to practice side by side. Those are just like some little things early, early on that are easy that anybody can do. But I can tell you, I don't think everyone realizes this is their responsibility. Like I say, it doesn't matter what age, what, what grade you teach, what your content is. This is you need to embed. This isn't a standalone. This isn't an assembly. This isn't digital citizenship week. We put a check in the box. We did that. These are skill sets and mindsets that can be embedded in absolutely everything that we do every single day. So um, it's not a one more thing. If that, that that's how I would that's how I approach it. And you nailed it. I so agree. Side by side to learn, to empower our children. I also love how you mentioned it is our responsibility. My own children, my, my son just turned nine. And uh, so when he was eight, I actually co-created a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn profile for my son and where he was practicing digital networking. We're learning how this is a spammer and how you like password safety and how you can tell this is spammer. He was also selling stuff on eBay. There was also a spammer. So we really talked a lot about critical thinking and how can you like exercise your own judgment, make right decisions when you're not sure at that age, talk to mommy and daddy. So I so agree with you. Those are really, really great examples. And, you know, that opens the door, those daily conversations. And even when we ask, hey, I don't know about my settings on my phone. Like we do, at, at Lakeshore, there was one, there, we put on a student-led Digit Summit. And one of... Um, one of the programs was looking at safety and the, and the young people, they were high schoolers asking adults, you know, to show their phone. And do you know about safety? And what a wonderful way. Here's adults so worried that students don't know. And here, when we allow the students an opportunity to lead that conversation, they know an awful lot. They just need to have that opportunity to engage in these critical conversations. Yeah, totally. And be, be, be trusted, right? Like I, like many parents I talk to, as soon as they see their children on their phones, like start to screaming and yelling, all of those emotional triggers. And I, I think we need to be a much better critical thinker ourselves to see the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of social media and technology so that we can coach uh, the next generation. So we have so many great comments. I think this is from Joy in our Facebook group, Learning Together, Always Powerful Parent and Child for Teacher and Student. Yeah, it's like it takes a village to raise a kid, right? So Good. I, think I would even all. add to that comment, your colleagues, you have to be willing to say, 
hey, I, I'm willing to learn alongside my colleague too. I might not know how to do X, Y, or Z, but we are so much more powerful when we when you change that, flip that script, and it's really, you look at the we, what we can do together rather than the me. Oh, I love it. I love it. And when the we is empowered by technology in the right way, that become we on a global scale. And imagine the, the positive impact, right? So here's a really great comment from Cynthia. So can you imagine if every school had their kid leaders around uh, KID leaders around technology, not just teaching about adults, about us, but actually why, I think this is what you mentioned earlier, Mara Alice, right? Purpose, everyone needs a sense of purpose. The why behind those apps, you know, what motivates them? And uh, yeah, they will learn a tongue and move the needles beyond the fear and the safety. I so agree. And, Amen. Uh, and I have to say for Cynthia, I'll give my shout out to Cynthia because we both, we've been modeling that idea of side-by-side, parent-child mm -hmm. um, accounts. And so I, I am blessed to have Cynthia and her family um, in my sphere as, as part of the community, but also as a role model. So, and look at Tisha, I mean, the, her SWAT program, I mean, if we can get more schools to have a SWAT program, now let me see if I'm gonna get my acronym correct. Um, make sure, correct me Tisha in the comments, students who advocate for technology. I think that's the acronym, but I might be off. But her program, she empowers her students to be the leaders in the school, and they definitely model learning side by side. Yeah, I also remember when we did uh, the 24-hour global classroom event, which we're going to discuss in a second. So Tisha and her students were talking about how they are using TikTok to make a difference as an educational tool. I said, wow, what a great way to showcase using social media for good, right? Because you think about it, just because we're banning, we're eliminating, we're like social media is bad, our children, our students are using them anyway. So I just love hearing stories of her students, how they are using TikTok, which is such a popular tool among the young generation. If we can have more students to demonstrate how they are using TikTok to make a positive influence, that would be really, really amazing. Yeah. In fact, if we got out of the way more, Honestly, and we and it's and we let our students really take the lead. That's really what's going to change. Like when you look at those sensational headlines that really continue to add fear, um, that's what stops us as adults. And uh, these examples and the people that are joining us today are really those are the headline stories that mm -hmm. we need to hear more about. So totally. So you 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 got it. You got it. Students who advocate for technology. So I love that. I love that. SWAT. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our friend Sue is also here. Love this involve students in those critical conversations about using social media. Yeah, it's better to help them stay informed, educated. Then by the time they graduate and they are trying to figure this out in a much unsafer way without a coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Hohenia is also with us. And uh, she's- Oh, I see a hola, hola. I think so. The, what what Hohenia has done is one individual, you know, to say that I want to make sure for our Spanish speaking community is part of this. I mean, two years ago for our summit, 
We had an entire day, everything that happened, our classroom connections, our digit impact talks, our panel discussion, everything was in Spanish. And I want you to know, I was literally crying. I didn't know what anybody was saying, but it didn't matter that I didn't know what anybody was saying. I was crying because like they were happy tears that it was just another um, layer to all of this outreach to community, which really informed that this year's DigSit Summit, our 24-hour event, I, that you were involved in as part of the organizing team, what made that different was, well, gosh, we had a presentation in Arabic, Nigerian Sign Language, in Spanish, in Portuguese. I mean, if you're going to have global um, events, global experiences, why does it always have to be in English, right? Like, let's be collectively like one world, one human race, a classroom without walls. That's oh, what, amen. That's love your talk, right? I, I love sometimes how you have this conference talking about diversity. The way you look at the speakers, they're only one skin color and one gender. I was like, yeah, this is conference about diversity. Look at the speakers. How how ironic that is. So I love how you are actually working the talk, this global classroom, which is absolutely fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. So uh here, yeah. So here's our t-shirts full up based on what I said about TikTok, you know. And the TikTok language, see here is students are actually embodying this role of being a teacher, right? Kind of like coaching her who is supposed to be the teacher. We learn side by side. We are both teachers and students at the same time, which is also what we embody at Classroom Without Us. So I love it. You know, I, it's about that learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I've always said this. I never want to get to a finish line and go, yay, I got to the finish line. Mm -hmm. I want, I think of my, my own learning, my own curve is stuck in the curved position. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want it to be any different because I want to constantly unlearn, relearn. Um, and I want to be doing this alongside people on yeah. all different ages. Yeah. What's that? What did that, that futurist Toffler, he said that the illiterate of the 21st century is not those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot learn. Unlearn and relearn. So I love that. I, I love that. So we actually have a question here from Jamie. So can we share some, some examples where parents can actually support our children to get started in social media? So why don't you answer that question first? I also have my answer, Marialis. Okay, so I feel like that idea, it goes back to riding a bike, learning how to ride a bike. I would start early on. I'd start before 13 and uh, I would have that, you know, parent and child account, whether it's on several different accounts, whether it's blogging, whatever it might be, maybe it's um, your family loves uh, videos and you want to do something with vlogs. I mean, you need to find, you need to make it authentic for your family. So I don't feel like there's a one way fits all approach. What is that interest to you and how can you use that like, let's say it was your, you love nature, your family loves to, to explore in nature and that's the focus. And you want to be sending that out so that your family and friends, but also other people around that you don't know can see as a family, what you're doing offline, but also what you're doing online and to have those critical conversations. So I know the rule about being 13. I understand. I appreciate it. Um, but I see a value in having that conversation as a parent earlier on, or as a classroom teacher, having that classroom account so that we get to practice this before 
we take the training wheels off and they are 13 using these applications. And so, I mean, that's the, the one way is just to be willing. That's all you need is a willingness and a disp disposition to learn side by side. This is not about the technology. Like for Jamie in particular, AR, VR in EDU, I, I'd have to learn alongside somebody. That's not my passion. That's not my area. Um, but if you are, if it's not about the technology, if you're just willing to say, I want to learn with you and to have these conversations on a regular basis, on a daily mm -hmm. basis, and you make it actionable, that's all you need. I, I love this. I, I think so true. And also parents, we need to embody that we are also lifelong learners, right? We are learning how to figure this out and don't be afraid to say no. So a few specific projects that my own children are pretty young, six and nine, that we have tested, including like my eight years old back then last year, I created a LinkedIn profile for him. So where he will, he connected with quite a few of my friends. And uh, so he mainly uses it to do his um, daily reflection, what he has learned. He has created like YouTube videos and I can share my screen in a second. So here I highly recommend this is, we were also trying to use this for our global citizenship event. So this is uh, like, I love Adobe Spark. I hope you guys can see the screen. So this was one that he created when he was only six. It's free, everyone can check it out, Adobe Spark. S-P-A-R-K. So now, so right now he's really into fencing. So he's actually creating an educational Adobe Spark page about fencing, what he's fencing about, some techniques. But this is like kind of, this is fun. He created me to my family. They're way much younger back then, including me. <laughs> but like you can see this example, things that he was talking about his school, we we're traveling to Thailand and then like India, different countries and all those things. So this is one example. So I'm also... As he's a bit older, he's also, I'm also coaching him to launch a podcast. So there are quite a few different ways if you are willing to be creative and learn with them to figure things out. You know, amen. And what we did was we blogged. That's how it all started for us. Mm -hmm. And it was a family blog. And it started with like, we definitely were interested. The example I gave you about nature and animals, it started that way. And then when I was a faculty member, something, uh, something bad happened. Uh, a decision with an undergraduate that was a teachable moment. Um, it was on social media and I wanted to make it positive. So I did this tweet heard around the world and I didn't know if we could get a tweet around the world, but this is really the story with Curran and I, how uh, as a mother and son. And so I wanted to, for my grad, for my undergraduate students have something positive. Could we get a tweet around the world? And we literally did in 24 hours, but as the responses were coming in and my computer was like, ding, 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 ding. Karen was like tallying all the different responses. And like, he'd be like, you know, we got Argentina. And then he'd go, where's Argentina? So he literally took out my world map. He got into it. And then it was actually when at that point, he said, can I have my own blog? And I said, why do you need, I mean, I think at the time maybe he was in the first grade, why do you need a blog? I wanna to continue to learn about the world with the world. And that, so those are the ways that you can really get started. And it's, it's powerful. And I love the example of how you're using Adobe Spark. Yeah, so my, my, and then because we homeschool our children. So when the review, come, homeschooling review committees, 
come to check on us. We have a stack of uh, there's about fencing, there's about reading. So when he does a book reflection, he also do. So we do everything in, on paper and then translate that into computer, you know, so they can practice both handwriting. And yeah, but I also love your example, Alice, right? Like the, that sentence comes from your son. It's so powerful. It's not like my mom told me that I have to learn about this with other people, but actually I came to this realization myself. Did I first? Oh, definitely. Did I phrase? Oh, I think, I think for a second you did. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I was about to, to share this comment from uh, Gayatri and she, we met at graduate school. She said that she loves everything we're talking about so far. She's going to share this with her mom to do this with her third grade class. I'm so excited to see that. Uh, let me know if you uh, have. Yeah. Any I love blogging. If there was only one thing I could do, I love blogging because when Curran did start his own blog, we were getting comments around the world and it it's the best geography lesson ever. But it also reminds you there are more things that make us the same than make us different. Like it unites us, the, the humanness. Um, but, uh, you know, you also get these authentic comments coming back mm -hmm. and it just makes you like want to write better because you have a real audience. And so... I have to say I'm a huge proponent of blogging. So, totally. I, I love this uh, comment from Sue. It's going to take a second. My computer is a bit slow right now. Having That's a cool. collaborative learning experience as a family it must be so rewarding. A family blog. So Adobe Spark I shared earlier is like a Google Doc also allows children to do collaborative storytelling. And talking about this recently, I actually interviewed a guy on my show. So he and his family, they actually co-create a family bug list. Uh, like bucket list. It was so fascinating as a family want to travel to Japan. It, it, it's such a great bonding experience for the kids and also practice writing, kind of journaling, visualization. It's, it's really, really cool. I think there are so many things that we can do utilizing the digital tools that we already have, like such as blogging, make it fun, a really positive learning experience and also bring the entire family together. I bet you right. right doing this with your son. Yeah. Well, I see Jamie has asked what um, about offering about schools. It's the same approach as we're talking about right now with what you can do as a family. But as a school community, I mean, this goes back to like Lakeshore Central, which I think, Deanne, I don't know if Michael is on, but it's really been an incredible journey these past three years. Instead, their assistant superintendent is like a future like ready she's a forethinker she's ahead of her time because instead of having like that professional development um one time or it's uh, several days it is an ongoing it is for the entire year and pre-covid it was in person as well as online kind of like online office hours have you joining different classrooms but also now that it's pre-covid obviously it's all online but it has to be ongoing and it has to be not just for the students and the teachers and the administrators, but include the parents and the outside community. So the Boys and Girls Club, um, the local senior center. We put on this networking event, Future Ready Networking event last year, which was incredible. So local industry came to, to work with and um, the high school students. And I can tell you the high school students brought their parents as well. And I think like, what the industry, local industry probably expected was they were coming to teach the students, right? 
And we flipped the model. And so not only did they come in, they got to obviously teach the students, but the students were teaching them. And the parents, it was like reskilling the worker in the workplace. Everybody was learning. And so that, I mean, that's the type of work that we've been doing with school communities. It starts at home, but um, you know, it includes, it's, I probably sound like a broken record at school, at home, at play, at work. This is for all of us. Yeah. I mean, it's a way of living, right? So uh, like an attitude, a lifestyle. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, what a perfect transition to my other question. I'm also uh, watching time on to make sure to respect everyone's time, but I love, love all the questions and comments. Keep them up we, we uh, make sure to check our facebook group right now we have quite a few people in the facebook group watching uh with us live so like talking about schools right we all know that you know if we want to best educate our children that we need to have qualified teachers right so that they can working can be working side by side with our students to show them the right way so like, do you have like a programs that allow teachers to learn more about what we have been talking about? You know, there's like lots of fear. I don't even know how to get started. I'm a digital dinosaur. So do you have like a program to, to help those like teachers or maybe even some of the parents want to check this out? So share with us. Okay, so we are launching. So our whole focus has been on action about making an impact. How do you make an impact in local, global, and digital communities? Um, and I feel like that local, global, digital ties right back to that fall of 2011 with that particular course. Um, but we are in January launching this Global Classroom Impactor program. It's a 12-week program. And the first six weeks are going to be intensive. It's all going to be online. But the intensive part is it's going to be um, one hour live with a, with a team, really exploring digital citizenship, digital sportsmanship, digital literacy, entrepreneurship. And then um, it also has that component where there is going to be one on one, much like um, mentoring, having office hours. That will happen the first six weeks. The second six weeks is going to be more individual. There will still be some live sessions. There will still be that one-on-one -on -one mentoring, but you will actually be doing a project um, with your classroom. Now, I mean, we've set it up for classrooms, but if there are parents that are interested, I mean, this could be something that you are doing any homeschoolers you could do in your home. And so should I show my- um, Go ahead, I'm about to ask you. So that you can- and anybody that knows me knows I, this isn't that many tabs though for me. But if you go to digsitinstitute.com slash digsitimpact, you'll learn more about just, this is the roadmap that we actually use with schools. Um, actually, I just got to present with um, Lakeshore Central with Deanne and Michael at NYSKATE. And we shared this, this roadmap that we use when we work with school communities. You could use this as well at home. I know when Jamie had asked, like, how can you get started? You know, that idea of learning side by side. But even when you start to look at, do you have um, user policy? Like, what's your tech plan? We need to have tech plans at home and they can't just be for our young people. They are, they have to be, they have to include all of us. Um, so there's our roadmap. But if I pull this down for our impactor program, these visuals will 
um, rotate about what this program looks like, um, who we are, what we do, um, a testimonial about our, here's a testimonial about being part of the cohort. It's very um, personalized. It's individualized um, so that you can take identify a real problem in your community and solve it and become an impactor. So this is the, this is what will be happening. We're going to be doing it on Beluga. We will be looking at being alert, balanced, engaged, informed, inclusive, and ultimately how you can become an impactor. So if you scroll down here, why you should join us, the cohort details, we will be doing this on the platform Beluga. And I can tell you, I'm going to, um, I'll keep this up. The reason why I chose, we chose Beluga is last May during the pandemic, May happens to be the month for mental health awareness. And I was invited to join a panel discussion and Beluga had partnered with an organization. I'm actually going to stop sharing my screen so you can see me. They, they partnered with an organization called Same Here Global. And same here, their logo is American Sign Language. And this is the sign mm -hmm. for Spain. And it was so powerful for an entire month what Beluga did around mental health awareness in the classroom and at home. I said, I want to be a part of this community. I want to be a part of this community and this learning platform. And that's why after that, after that particular month is when we started to partner with Beluga. So our Impactor program will be on there. If you don't know about Beluga, it's beluga.org. And they are the leaders in connecting to the social, um, the sustainable development goals, the SDGs. And so that's where we'll be. And I know if you're a part of our program, you will get a year, your classroom will get a year prescription to not just what we're doing, but beyond what else Beluga has. And I know that one of Beluga's partners is same here. And my gosh, just for that alone, I would want to be a part of it. Yeah, it's such an amazing program. I'm so excited and honored to be a part of this. And I love how we also added the live coaching program. And I joined so many classes. I feel like one flaw that many of those classes have is just you only watch pre-recorded videos. You don't really have that live coaching interactive session, but that's what we did. You know, like you have quite a few big names on the team. So can you yeah. share some of their names? Who are the mentors and the coaches, the teachers, however you want to call them? Yes. Uh, part I, of this program. I can start. I can start with you. In fact, um, you're part of that team. If Cynthia Merrill is still on the call, Cynthia is part of the team. Jamie Donnelly is part of the team. Um, we also have, um, and this ties back to the SDGs, we have Franca from um, Cameroon who brought the Digital Citizenship Summit um, to Cameroon. And they actually did this extension about DigCit SDGs and there was an award. So she's going to be there. Fred from Kenya is going to be there. Huhenia from Mexico is going to be part of the team. So there is an international feel too that this isn't just something here in the United States. This is really, truly global. And we're going to encourage, I know if Huhenia is still on this call, she is going to continue to take this to Latin American um, communities, whether that's in the United States or in Latin America, in Spain, 
Mexico, and will continue to engage Spanish speakers beyond this January event. So this is just the beginning that it's a 12 week program. You're making that commitment for the first six weeks for an hour live session. If you can't make it because of time zones, you could watch it after the fact. But what you just said, no matter what, is that one-to-one -one mentoring that will be continuing to happen. And that to me is the powerful piece is that we're gonna be modeling learning side by side and coaching you as you're going to be creating a project that we will display. And then the best part is we put on our annual summits that those classrooms will be speakers at our annual summits. Yeah, I mean, the annual summit will really give the attendees a really big exposure, not exposure, exposure, right? So this year we had students from 40 plus countries uh, register. So think about that, you know, the visibility you are going to get as a result of being a part of this program, not to even mention the positive changes you're making in your community. Yeah, so definitely excited. So also make sure you join our Facebook group because we are going to do more interviews like this to show you valuable information that you can apply right away regarding how to empower your own children, how to empower your own students to become responsible digital citizens. What a great conversation, my friend. I don't even know what to say. And uh, so share with us more, Alice. And uh, so we're just wrapping this up. Any parting piece of advice regarding digital citizenship that you want to share with fellow parents and educators and uh, also share with us where can people learn more about you? Okay, Jamie looks like she already beat us to it and she's put the link in for more information about our Impactor program and our roadmap. So to get you started, that roadmap really can help you in your classroom, whatever age or grade um, or content, as well as in your own home. And honestly, uh, last parting advice for anybody, um, classroom teachers or parents, or I know Sue Beckham is talking about our university students, is what can we do to start to change those don't statements into I will statements? What can we all do to raise our hand and say, I want to be part of the change. I want to be part of the solution. And even though I'm only one person, what I have seen is one person has become many. And when we can start to lead by hand, heart, and mind, that is when we start to make an impact in our own communities. And so it's not just what we talk about, it's what we do. And that idea of, I know that we've also launched this digital sportsmanship program, which of course could be for um, traditional sports, for esports, uh, for clubs, that idea of a team, it goes back to the we, not me. That idea, like digital citizenship, I had said it'd been hijacked. I've been using digital sportsmanship 100% everybody knows what I'm talking about because it's that idea of sportsmanship. What we ask you to do on and off the field, on and off the court, we're asking you to do online. And it goes back, I guess, to character education. What you do when you think people are watching you, that's your reputation. But what you do when you think people aren't watching you, that's your character. And that's the part that we really wanna focus in on. Um, and that's why we should start early and often so that those critical conversations are happening that when they do have their own platform, they're, they're, they are aware of the choices that they're making. And I, guess I love it. My party. Love it. Powerful. My, 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 my biggest takeaway from what you just said, I love all of them, but my biggest takeaway is to change those don't 
statement, right? That is fueled by fear to actually I am positive, which is fueled by possibility, right? I'm here, I'm a change maker to I am statement. So, so good, so good. So please do, I know you never mention yourself, right? So share with us where can people learn more about you, connect with you on different social media channels, things like that. Okay, so I go by all my initials, MBFXC. And so I, um, you can find me on Twitter at MBFXC, but we also, we run the DigCit Institute, which is short for the Digital Citizenship Institute. That's the handle, DigCit Institute. And then, um, can we please share your discount link for StreamYard? There's a comment from Jamie in there for you, I. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And uh, DigSit Summit, which we put on an annual. We just had our sixth annual, which is a 24-hour event. But we also, we just hosted DigSit, the second DigSit Summit, Nigeria. It was all online. Uh, in February, we have partnered with the California School Librarian Association, and that will be a DigSit Summit as part of that. That's in February. That will all be online. But um so there's the DigSit Summit, that's the, the handle, and then DigSit Kids, which is really intended for other young people to inspire and empower others. So that's really where you can find me. Um, and am I missing anything? I'm not on LinkedIn. Um, it's, uh, it's MBFXC, but it's Mary Alice Bridget Francis Xavier Curran, full mouthful that you know I'm Irish Catholic that I grew up in Boston. It's a dead giveaway with all those initials, all those things names. Awesome. I'm sure there's a, <laughs> one of those channels people are going to connect with you. And uh, so Sue said that she has been really inspired. The same here, you know, oh, really inspired yeah. by what you yeah, are doing. I can use the same here for the American Sign Language to say same here right now. And I, I think joining us, you know, for, literally from around the world, people that have self-selected to be a part of this community, I am just so grateful. Yeah, awesome. And so, and also, so since Jamie asked, and uh, definitely the show is sponsored by StreamYard. I got so excited. I forgot to mention my sponsorship when I introduced you earlier. So yeah, over the last several years, uh, four years, I have been doing live streaming and StreamYard is my personal favorite. So if you are interested in checking out my discount code, which allows you to try out StreamYard for two weeks for free, definitely send me a message and I'm going to send you the link after the show, Jamie. Thank you for your interest. Yeah. What an amazing show. I know I could just talk with you forever, but we are going to continue the conversation, everyone. So make sure you join our Facebook uh, once more, one more time. And we're going to share more information about the Impactor program, the upcoming, you know, next year, the Global Digital Citizenship Summit, and so much more. So stay tuned and uh, make sure you guys follow Mari Alice, who is just like so rock star, so awesome. Really honored to have her on the show. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us live from all over the globe. And uh, to remind you again, this is my third weekly live streaming show called The Parenting Corner. I go live on every Tuesday at this same time. I hope to see you more often. So my other education show is on every Friday at the same time. And that show is titled, What is School For? Where we debate, disrupt, and uh, where we discuss, debate, and disrupt education. So check us out and uh, follow Mara Alice. I hope to see you guys again. and uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. I miss you already, Dr. Rai. <laughs>
Thank you so much for everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.